Hello, library listeners. It's me again. Just uh, coming in to do another shameless self-promotion. It's out now. The show. If you are a fan of our silly antics here on the library and you want to hear us talk about some horror movies and have a great time, then swing on by to our brand new podcast, Room 237. Brought to you by Jumperscape Audio. A best-in-class podcast for first reactions, reviews of horror films, both old and new, and some wacky opinions, and some thought-out analysis, and plenty of stupidity to go around. <laughs> Tune in starting now. It's out. It's here. It might be one episode, might be two. I don't know. On all the platforms you enjoy your podcasts on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Halo universe is filled with wonder, mystery, and fascinating discoveries around every corner. With so much to explore, four friends decided it was about time that they boot up the consoles and discuss this universe that has grabbed their attention since childhood. Jumperscape Audio kindly welcomes you to join them in the library. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Library, the show where we talk about Halo lore, and for the first time in, like, a while, it's a two-parter, technically. A, a new part to an episode that we did a, a while ago. Uh, before we get on to today's topic, uh, as per usual, if you want to support us directly, you can go to patreon.com forward slash jumperscape. If you want to join the community, discord.gg slash jumperscape. And another reminder, this is the first week we're going to be trying to do two episodes in one week to cover all of our topics so that things aren't as congested or rushed. So today's episode will be about 45 minutes long as our target goal. And then later on, we're going to have another episode dropping later on this week on the usual date of Thursday to cover all of our community stuff, uh, which you would want to be here for because apparently we got some stuff in our P.O. box and that was something I did not think was going to happen. So it was very, I mean, I expected it, but it was very, very, it was quick. Yo, when it was. We had that game night with uh, Gator and all that. That's when I found out about the P.O. box. I don't know well, what text I missed, but I found out about our P.O. box through our Discord fans. Well, when you came in, there was two cardboard boxes. People have sent us stuff already. We're going to yeah. be unboxing it on the next part. On the hey, I just minded my own business. I don't ask questions. Yes, we we got something from Default and who else was it? Uh, it's Keith. He's, Keith. He's just Keith. 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 Thanks, Shout Keith. out Keith. But yeah, we'll was, get to that on the, on the next parts. For now, though, we have a very, very special guest, someone that I'm actually super excited to talk to, Mr. Phoenix Affliction, otherwise known as Mr. Alexander Furman. How are you doing today, good sir? Happy Monday, everybody. I am doing awesome. Weather's finally breaking over here in the Midwest. I got to go outside and play around a little bit with my little girl. So good, good. day so far. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about some of the stuff that you're doing for the Halo community, because there's there's all sorts of stuff that I know that you're doing. 
that I very much appreciate. I've seen most of your videos on YouTube. So <laughs> go ahead. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So been a lifelong Halo fan. My first experience with Halo was way back in 2001. Like many of us, Halo Combat Evolved. My first game on the Xbox, my, my first console. And ever since then, you know, land parties, competitions, bragging rights, that's that's been my life for <laughs> since I was about nine years old. And today I finally get to realize some of the projects that I've been wanting to do for a long time. So it started out with a vision, started out with Halo Defiance and then to promote that a little bit and get the, the spread the word out a little bit on social media and like in the like. I started my TikTok channel. Uh, shout out to Cami Shep, who was a big influence and somebody who I, I, I've looked to for some guidance. So so Love so props guy. to him. He's a he's a great guy. He's got great content. He he kind of spurred me into action to to want to do this. So I'm on TikTok, not really as much on Facebook anymore, and I'm on YouTube as well. So eventually I want to get into long form content. Uh, got a pretty busy life right now. Got a little one, got the job, got the wife, you know, yeah. the whole American dream here. And so <laughs> long form content is, is a little out of my uh, out of my scope right now. So I've been sticking with the shorter videos because, you know, I'm a gamer at heart. So <laughs> I, I love playing Halo all the time on my free time and uh <laughs> Some other uh, Halo ODST knockoffs, <laughs> Hell Divers, <laughs> playing some of that, spreading democracy Whoa. lately. <laughs> that is hilarious. Low key, though, fantastic game. You're totally right. <laughs> oh yeah, James, James, you got to download it tonight. I do. Yep. Yes, do dude. It. Connor Absolutely. wants to play it so bad. I also want to play it. And Antonio told me that he, if he can run it on his POS laptop, you can run it as well. Okay, so. we, have, we have to take back Mavlon Creek. <laughs> <laughs> we we need to send the reinforcements that's they so, need us that's super cool that you got all this stuff going on though dude uh i i absolutely have like i said i've seen the content on youtube i don't use tiktok that's my thing uh i just i can't do it but these guys do so i have a problem <laughs> i just like looking at the stupid memes that's all it's too easy so i can i can tell you for a fact though there's always room in that long form area so i'm really much looking forward to seeing your debut when you finally you know st stop playing the game and start making videos about the game <laughs> right, right 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 it's a balance it's a balance exactly so uh, it, obviously we're here for a reason. And that reason is you are the author of a novel called Halo Defiance. Uh, and so we have tons of questions about it. Uh, our audience does as well. And I think a good way to start is pretty much asking you about your thoughts on the novels. What, uh, what about the Halo novels turned you onto them? Like, what are your favorite elements about them? Is it the authors? Is it the style? What sort of aspects about those novels really captured your attention. Absolutely. So big fan of the novels. I've read every one of them, you know, cover to cover multiple times. I, I, I got a decent commute, so I got them all in audiobook. And once I plow through one, I'm going back to another one. And I didn't really get serious about getting into the novels until probably 2017, 2018, when I was getting into the, uh, the Spartan threes, you know, ghost of Onyx and, nice, and the yeah. ferret teams and point of, and last light and all that. And before that I had moral dictata as a kid, not understanding that I picked up the third book in the Kilo five trilogy. So, <laughs> and I, I powered through it and I was just like, okay, that I have no, I have more questions than answers at this point because I didn't realize as a kid, but, um, 
what I love about the Halo novels is that the Halo universe is huge, right? And mm -hmm. people, I don't think a lot of the, the, the casual players don't understand all the other things happening in the background, in the game, the decisions, right? One of the first big questions that always stuck out to me between Halo 1 and Halo 2. It's like, how did he get back to Earth? Cortana explicitly stated we don't have a slip space drive, right? And then somehow he's on Cairo Station. So that kind of, that's just one example of how wide this universe is and all the things that happen in between. I love how big it is and more, and how in depth it is. I love that almost everything has a purpose. And, mm -hmm. it, and it has a narrative behind it in some way, shape, or form. Uh, an awesome example of that, I just did a video on uh, on TJ Murphy, the pilot from Rubicon Protocol. He he was in Halo 4, and nobody realized that, or Gunnery Sergeant Elena Bobrov from uh, the, the recent lore drop of the Halo canon. And they have this whole awesome backstory all of a sudden, and you could do that with like any piece of Halo lore. I love it. And the, another aspect I like, you know, coming from coming from the military and uh, sometimes a short attention span is I like the more militaristic books with more direct action. So things like uh, Shadows of Reach, there's a lot of military jargon in there mm -hmm. for strike. That's like nonstop action. Rubicon Protocol, a lot of nonstop action. I mean, not to say I don't like all the books, but some of them, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I know this is going to be an unpopular opinion to some, but like the... Cryptum, Silentium, a little bit slower, Broken Circle, a little bit slower, all the smoke and dagger stuff of Kilo 5, and I know I'm going to get some hate for that one, but I like the action-packed stuff, but I appreciate all the books. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, and actually, I, I did want to ask, because this is something that I've noticed uh, sort of uh, <laughs> being a trend with every single one of my veteran friends was, was joining the military because of the influence from being a fan of halo or was that not a, a factor? Because I have one buddy who straight up joined the Marines because he thought the Marines and halo were awesome. <laughs> well, props to him. Um, you know, I'd say it's a little bit of both. So neither of my parents were in the military, both grandpas were, but that didn't really have a factor into it. You know, I was always kind of a, a leader as I was growing up. Hey, what do you want to do? Oh, Alex is going to make a decision. Oh, who's team captain? Alex is team captain. It's just kind of my MO, which is being a leader. Went through officer training. You know, when I realized I had the opportunity to go to college and then become an officer, um, I was going to do the enlisted route first, but then I ended up doing ROTC and doing that whole route. But I will say in college, uh, I had a buddy. Um, we were both pretty big in a call of duty. Wasn't necessarily <laughs> halo, but it's call of duty, you know, all guns and that's all, all awesome stuff. So that's kind of how it started was the whole call of duty route. But then gotcha. he's like, Hey man, my dad, my dad's a Marine and I want to go into, you should do it with me. And I was like, Shh, send it. <laughs> I feel like that's like a, I feel like a lot, you'd be surprised how many people like went into the military. Because like as a kid, they played like just a random video game and it like piqued their interest. Granted, it's most of the time it's not accurate at all. But I mean, I know a few people who are like, oh, yeah, I played, you know, Call of Duty when I was a kid and I thought it was badass. And I, you know, I just like shooting guns and that's just kind of how it went. <laughs> right, right, right. One thing leads to another. You're on deployment and you're like, how did I get here? <laughs> there is a Call of Duty like does literally have a recruiting element to it. No, it, it, no, it does. Absolutely. Um, it, used like, to it is used. It used to be. I mean, the older Call of Duty used to be like sponsored by the, the military yes. channel. And it, it, was, it was propaganda. It's literally propaganda, like a form of propaganda. And like the Modern Warfare trilogy is, I don't know if sponsored is the right word endorsed mm. is a better word promoted maybe by the u.s like by the u.s military it's actually kind of hilarious it's how you it, it it's how you uh like 
get access to like certain assets yeah. is you have to portray That's the US so military <laughs> a certain way. Mm. Um and Call of Duty has that. So no, so do most movies that have the US military in them. That's yep. right. Really entertaining. So well, first of all, obviously, thank you for your service. Uh super appreciated. We are a huge fan of armed forces all over the place right now. So <laughs> of course. Thanks, um, guys. Of course. Now as we go into defiance, the first thing I very much want to cover is the plot. I think there's a good, and there's actually too many people who haven't gotten a chance to actually give defiance a chance, read through it for themselves, see what the plot is about. I myself have gotten a little over halfway through it. So I'm, I'm still building up a lot of this stuff and I've actually just about started on the, attack on boundary i think i i think the spartans just landed and in particular we're about to watch mm -hmm. uh two particular characters that i didn't expect to fight start fighting so mm -hmm. uh why don't you i would love to hear a synopsis from you from the author himself uh, if you please yeah <laughs> a couple spoilers ahead but yes. uh so so the synopsis of halo defiance it, it was my intent from the very beginning to pick a story that happened in the middle of the war a lot of people don't realize that all, you know, let's see, Halo Reach, ODST, one, two, three, all take place within a few months of each other. So all that, all the, all the core games are taking place within like a year of each other. So, you know, I realized that there's a huge gap in the lore between, I don't know, what after Silent Storm 2526, all the way up through 2548, 2549 with Meridian Divide. And so I want to insert a story in there to kind of go through what was happening at that time. And the Spartans had to, hadn't even re received their Mark V yet. And, and, and the reason I chose Halo to do a novel in the first place was because, uh, again, this was my first time doing long-form writing. I knew I wanted to do long-form creative stuff, and I wanted to pick a setting where I was a little bit more comfortable just to see what I could come up with. So I leaned into Halo. So the story takes place in 2539, which is math, 13 years before the events of Halo Reach and Halo Combat Evolved. And so in a rare stroke of luck, Admiral Cole in his, his task task force, and somebody please correct me if I'm getting a term wrong here, Battle Group X-Ray, I believe is what yep. I'm looking for. So his Prowler Corps, they're out there, they're looking for targets of opportunity, they're looking for patterns, they're looking to any, for anything that's going to help the UNSC get a winning edge. And in a rare stroke of luck, they happen to they happen to identify a Covenant fleet that's getting within the Metrum system, which is where Boundary, the planet Boundary, is. So, and I and I tried, and I know you guys are going to give me some grief on this, and and I'm I'm more than happy to discuss all this. And, and from what I picked up from the first podcast about this, is that there's some inaccuracies, and I would definitely love to address them because I want to hear it from you guys. <laughs> you guys are the experts, and I try I tried my very best. I tried my very best to make sure everything was canonically accurate and things that could fit in there could fit in there. So if there's an issue with like, this didn't come out until 2550 or that, that I would, I'd be, I'd be more than happy to hear it. And I want to hear it. <laughs> um, so, so they have a rare opportunity to interdict the covenant and potentially save this human colony, you know, before another glass planet happens before they raise it all to the ground. So Admiral Cole breaks off a splinter of his battle group which it will be called Task Force Lima. And in another stroke of luck, you know, taking elements from Red Team, Omega Team, Teal Team was quickly put together as a quick reaction force to supplement Task Force Lima. 
So teal team consists of Arthur, Solomon, Sheila, and Cal. So four existing Spartan twos. And since this takes place in 2539, there's not an issue with whether they are alive or not in the timeline because they all, you know, as we all know by now, pass away a few years after that from various reasons. Indeed, Rip. So, yep. Rest in peace, everybody. <laughs> so as as uh, Captain Alistair Fulton and his Spartans and his ODSTs and everybody else arrive at Boundary shortly before the fleet of particular justice gets there, and that name should sound familiar to everybody because that is... None other than Thelvadam's fleet. It definitely sounds so, familiar to James, who was James si- is dancing, dancing in his seat. <laughs> now. James is dancing. <laughs> and and you know, I was very conflicted on whether or not I wanted to include him, and whether I wanted to include Usay Taham. I love Enthroshrom, and I love Usay Taham. I love Hunters in the Dark. I was a big fan of that book, and I wanted to expand on their lore a, bit, a little bit. And I felt I could do that because they didn't have such an established background that this engagement might not be a thing. So I went ahead and did it. So as the fleet on the UNSC side is getting prepared, uh, we have a little bit of internal tor- turmoil on the Covenant side because many people don't feel that Thel Vadam should be in charge yet. He should not be a fleet master. He's young. He Maybe he's inexperienced, even though he's proved himself You know, at the Battle of the Rubble and, and in all those events that have taken place beyond that. So that's where... Uh, Austin, I think you were alluding to in the beginning uh, about you didn't expect that confrontation to happen. It, no, it, I did it, not. Is, no. Yeah. So Especially without when going it came to a head on the planet, that that in particular. Right. Yeah. So without going into too much detail, not to spoil it for anybody, uh, another shipmaster feels that uh, the future arbiter should not be in command and he doesn't know what he's doing. He's messing stuff up. And so they come to they come to to blows. So once the Covenant arrive, you know, the UNSC is pulling out as many tricks out of their pockets as they can as they can throw at the Covenant to try and protect this 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 colony. And at a certain point, while Teal Team is off doing reconnaissance, they're off doing missions, they're trying to interdict the Covenant any way that they can, Mm -hmm. uh, a a target of opportunity appears. And so I pulled a lot of inspiration from Silent Storm uh, on, on that facet of the book. So we see some ODSTs. And we see Solomon break off into kind of a splinter group of Teal Force um, to, to, to interdict another Covenant vessel that's further out system that, that seems unguarded until other things go awry. And so by the end of the book, we see Teal Team uh, trying to take down one of the Covenant ships, one or both of them that are parked on the other side of the mountain range. One of them was uh, one of them was badly what's the word I'm looking for beat up, whatever from incoming fire. It, it, it was venting atmosphere. It's smoking, it's flaming. It looks like it's about to go down and crash land on its own anyway. So it's a good target of opportunity. Teal team goes in, they try to take over the ship. They try to either maybe plant a nuke or to take it out system. Because as we know, Oni wanted to have any piece of covenant tech they could get their hands on. The ship was like the grand prize, you know, we have failed attempts from uh, Silent Storm. We have failed attempts on Netherop. And now maybe this is the opportunity in 2539. And then again, without going into too much detail, things take a turn. Teal team doesn't get exactly what they want. Ends in calamity. <laughs> How are they going to get out of this one? <laughs> and I wanted to tell a story and paint the picture of just how futile the war was going for the UNSC, especially in the middle of the war. You know, we have the three to one ratio just to win a naval battle. 
and we're losing planets left and right. And I wanted to paint a tale that was, yes, the Spartans may be invincible, but they can't win every fight. You know, I really appreciated 343's direction when they did some of the later novels like Bad Blood, like Outcast, where it doesn't necessarily have a happy ending. They did their best and they still failed. That's the reality of the War of Annihilation. And that's kind of the the way I was going with it. Mm-hmm. And and in terms of the theme, in terms of how it feels, you definitely accomplished that much. I, I can say that you, the entire story from start to finish, it does carry the vibe of the other more military focused Halo novels. I think you did a good job of that. Uh, keeps us centered on what is actually going on. And when we get to the the ground, especially as, as, as well, I don't want to talk about it too much because I do think that there are some that very much want to read it for themselves. Um, it does get fairly, fairly interesting. I do. I do like the details that are thrown in because there's one thing in particular that I liked about this novel because I don't, I don't think I've seen it in other places. The, and if, if I may keep this in, I, you can tell me to edit out anything you want, but <laughs> it, um, the civilian effort to protect the planet uh, the, the leaders on the planet trying to figure out how do you protect and defend the planet, but also more importantly, prevent as much human loss as possible. Uh, even though all you can really do is save maybe, a, maybe 1% of the actual population. Right. Right. Um, that was very much evident. And that was probably, I don't know if it was intended to be, but it was the most uh, stressful part of the whole novel. I was just kind of sitting there reading the conversations that they were having and very much questioning. I was kind of questioning my own morality on the whole situation. I'm like, what would I do in that situation? Would I actually go out of my way to try to save as many people as possible? Or would I just kind of say, screw it and hope that I get as many people out as possible? Um, and I tried, I tried to take some inspiration from contact harvest and envoy, especially. And somebody asked me once, what's with, what's with the governor? Why does just, she just seem crazy and frazzled all the time. It's like, well, you got to put yourself in the shoes of this person. First off, they didn't expect any UNSC help. They thought that they might, the UNSC might get there in time and they might not. So they might have to fend for themselves. So as a governor of an entire colony who has no military experience, I mean, that's going to be a stressful time. You think of Governor Elise Gass from Envoy, where she's staying up for several days. She lost her son. She's confused. She doesn't know the whole picture and trying to navigate that and be a leader at the same time. And Bernard Ocasio with his merchant marine fleet, just trying to do the right thing by any way possible, whether it's good enough or not, and trying to realize on paper the stressors of somebody who doesn't have an MA5B in their hands, right? They're just trying to survive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's in those ways, I do enjoy that story that that is a fantastic influence to pull from. So there is, I, and I've said it even on the previous episode, I give you kudos for going out of your way to actually write a novel. I think there's plenty of halo Lord nerds, me included, man, that would love (laughs) to write a halo novel and have it be published all of that stuff that was that was really really impressive um so going off of that topic though we get into more of the the behind the scenes what happened with defiance because you and i talked a little bit before we did this show and i i really want to expand upon some of the stuff that you told me because you were blowing my mind a little bit (laughs) first and foremost that defiance wasn't supposed to be published 
Yes. Is that, that's, tr- <laughs> that's the truth. That's the case. That is true. And it's the God's honest truth. And I'm coming on this podcast to hopefully set the record straight a little bit. Uh, when I started this project, I, I had a very busy life up to that point. I was in college and then I was in the military. Then I did grad school while being in the military. And then I got out of the military and I moved across the country, started a new job. I had no friends or family in this state. And then I ended up moving jobs again for a better job. And then we bought a house right around the time that COVID kicked off in 2020. So after all those things in my life kind of slowed down just enough that I could realize some of my dreams come true. I knew I wanted to do long form writing. I I knew I wanted to set the stage in the Halo universe. And at the end of the day, I really did this project to have something in my hands, something tactile, hardcover with my name on it to Mm -hmm. put on my bookshelf and to say, I did this. This is an accomplishment. I'm proud of it. And it wasn't until like the second half or even later, because I didn't even reach out to anybody to publish this until the book was completed. I didn't like get halfway through and be like, start looking around. I did this with the intention of enriching the lore a little bit for my personal take and, you know, building a community, you know, I'm growing my, my own discord and I just love talking Halo. I love the Halo community, always have, always will for better or worse. And if it made a few sales, great. If not, I can say that I did this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's completely fair. And as someone who is a member on your discord, uh, I can say that you do have a really nice community fostering right now. I, I actually am sort of shocked at how active it is, despite not having the typical, you know, thousands of members that some of these discords have, you actually have more activity than some of those. Well, that, that's the thing too. You're giving the halo is a very, very content starved community, like Canon, <laughs> yeah. Canon or not. Halo is a very content starved community. So, I mean, despite like what some people have to say about it, like you're giving that community something to look forward to and, you know, dive into. And there's, there's something to be said for that. Mm-hmm. And for better or worse, you're giving people something to talk about. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you yeah, had to come in with this an open mind and I was a little, was a little nervous. Like, oh, I, man, I, I didn't realize that the community would be in such an uproar. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the, that was actually something I wanted to, to ask about as well. Did you, when did you find out that there were people that were saying these sort of things about the novel, talking about it in a genuinely basically just a sort of negative light? Yeah. So, you know, I published it. I kind of kicked off my YouTube and TikTok channel because that's what the publisher recommended is as I lean into my social handles to garner a community, a followership to, you know, build up the height, get up some sales. And I was like, well, that works out fine anyway, because, you know, I do marketing for a job. I've got video and audio editing software. And it's like a good way to hone my professional skills while at the same time doing something that I'm passionate about. And what I'm passionate about is the niche, the niche lore. So a lot of my videos, the the the, the average gamer is probably like, what is this guy talking about? <laughs> but Halo fans are like, this guy gets it, right? Like the most obscure stuff. The, I, I love obscure stuff. And I didn't know about all the negativity besides a couple of reviews on Amazon until somebody from your guys' Discord <laughs> oh, happened, no. to, happened to join mine. Wait, one of ours? One of oh, ours. no. Oh, no. And I'm not going to drop names. No. Somebody, no. no, we'll spank just him for so you. Don't happened, worry. We'll get him. <laughs> somebody just so happened to pop over to my Discord and I'm like, hey, man, I don't know if you knew this, but people are, are talking about you and your book. And I was like, oh, I got to get in here and check this out. And then I realized the content 
controversy. And then, or, or no, he didn't even say that. He said, hey, they talked about your book on this podcast. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> and then that's how everything kicked off. Is somebody somebody just happened to tell me that you guys had an episode about Halo Defiance. I bet it was default. <laughs> Default's built like that. He's a rat, Dutch. He's a rat. <laughs> what a guy, bro. We're going to have to figure it out. Well, hey, if it makes you feel night. any better. The podcast episode is Austin reading most of the book and telling us about it. Yes. So true. we're all innocent. We were just reacting to the <laughs> things he said. Austin Austin is the reader here. Um, the, uh, James has read a little bit more. Me and Connor haven't read like yeah, basically. Read. Yeah, me and, <laughs> Connor, me and Connor, read. <laughs> Connor can't read. I can read. I choose not to. Um, no, Connor can read. But I, just, I say, let me defend harder. myself on the joke. <laughs> no, but it's just like uh, Austin was basically just going through, you know, the notes he had and you know, any type of, you know, discrepancies or anything worth having a conversation about, you know, he threw it up, which I did get heavy handed on. I yes, will admit. He did. <laughs> that, that's what we all did. We all did. We're he, passionate. We're passionate. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, again, it, it was more constructive criticism than anything. Like we don't like <laughs> prey on your downfall by any means or anything like that, but it was no. something worth, you know, having a conversation about. And we're glad it came to you. We took being the on the show a little bit. I we won't did. lie. No, we, we, we did. did. We had <laughs> some fun. We had we some fun. <laughs> We like that fun. And, and one thing I do want to say, whether yes. it's it makes any difference at all, is I made an effort to reach out and give copies of my books to my to my parents, to my friends, to anybody who would take a copy. And it's like, please look at this thing and just give it a once over. And nobody, nobody ever, uh, not a sob story, all right. But like nobody, yeah. nobody read it cover to cover and said, hey, you're jacked up here and you're messed up here. This makes no sense. And this didn't happen until then. I didn't have any resources and I didn't even know that your guys' jumperscape discord was a thing because by all means I would have given you guys the man manuscript, but, but nobody gave me the time of so, day. So I had to roll with it. So no one did like any type of proofreading for you. So I ran through the book several times and, you know, I may or may not have been at the bar a few times, so, <laughs> which is why I had to go back and do it a couple of times. But but then I but then I reached out to Fulton Books Publishing and we went through all this rigmarole. And just a quick back note on this. I learned a lot. This was a personal journey for myself. I don't really know anybody that's published a book. So I had to do a lot of figuring things out on my own. And I realized that there's self-publishing, which is, I guess, from what I've heard, pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. It's not reliable. There's vanity publishing, which is essentially what I did. And then there's, you know, going through a literary agent, the publishing house reaches out to you, picks you up, does all that, treats you like the VIP. So yeah. I went through a vanity publisher and basically it's kind of bare bones. Here's your manuscript. We'll say yes or no. You pay us some money. We'll proof it. We'll give you an ISBN number. We'll publish it and do all this jazz. So it's like, oh, sounds great you know, with the intention that this legitimate organization was going to go over it with a fine tooth, fine tooth comb and cross my T's and dot my I's. And apparently I uh, either didn't give enough money or they didn't like me or something, oh. because as as a writer and people are a bunch of typos, that hurts. That hurts me. And to everybody listening, I'm, I'm so sorry. Hey there, Halo fans. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with our friends right after these messages. <laughs> yeah that was that was the thing that i that i noticed of course in my own reading but also in some of those reviews where there were people catching the typos and i felt i felt terrible uh reading it and seeing that because i'm like oh man because that's that's one of the 
this it can be a killer is like yeah, it, it'll pull yeah. you right out of the story because you're like that 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 word's not supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah, I always I I started my undergrad as an uh, a journalist or journalism major and I switched to public relations and one of the things that always stuck with me is the first time you see a, somebody sees a typo in your stuff, you've lost all your credibility right there. And you know, that just, it, it, it digs deep. And part of me almost wants to do a reprint just to hunt down all those typos and grammatical <laughs> errors, just to say like, Hey, I'm, I'm the real deal. I, I don't like it. I'm sorry. Everybody. I think, <laughs> I think that would go, honestly, I go like along just taking that initiative would probably go like a really, really long way. If I'm being for, honest uh, for the time being, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say like, people crucify people for making typos in discord chats. So like, uh, a, you know, a published novel <laughs> that, people will be on. Right. Exactly. Right. No, but I like it, it happens like, you know, but if you even went and, you know, did something like, you know, just going through and fixing all the grammatical errors, like it would probably go a long way and show people that like, you, you know, you're at least willing to take the initiative to, you know, fix a lot of things in the novel. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I would. And uh, there is there's something about the reprint, the, the the way that it's actually like on Amazon and everything right now for you to find. I did want to ask what your feelings are on. There are a lot of people that are reporting that when they search Halo novels just by itself on Amazon, on Barnes and Noble, Google, even uh, Halo Defiance is in the first five results. What are your thoughts on that? So selfishly, I think that's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> My name that my name's up there with Kelly Gay, with Troy Denning. I think that personally is the coolest thing ever, but I totally understand that people feel a little deceived and rightly so. This isn't technically canon. And I would like to say on the record that I did send in my manuscript several weeks ago to 343 Industries over in Seattle, wow. and I haven't received an email. I haven't received a, a cease and desist. I haven't received, hey, I'm suing you. I, I've It's been radio silence. So... Uh, if anybody wants to give them a nudge, by all means, but uh, <laughs> until then, I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep, uh, keep it on. I mean, yeah, I would that's... be excited about that too. Like someone looks up Halo novels and you're up there. I mean, we have a, very, a similar situation on Spotify, don't we? Like if people look up for like a podcast and we're up there. Oh yeah. Yeah. We have a, we're, we have, we're, we have, we're the number one search on Spotify. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we were, you know, you know, ecstatic basically. Like we feel the same way. We're like even people actually like to listen to our stupid rambling and you know evidently people do so mm -hmm. i mean i i definitely can understand that yeah um speaking of amazon i did have a i did have a question um remind me the publisher's name fulton books fulton books mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. did they did they name the price tag or was that you and I'm glad you asked that because <laughs> you know i could totally understand why people are up in arms if it were up to me, guys, I would want it at $14.95. That was my vision. I was like, Halo is for everybody. It's for the 12-year-old middle school. It's for the 70-year-old in the retirement community. Halo is, <laughs> is and always has been for everybody. You know, when I'm a geriatric, I'm going to be telling my guys <laughs> about the War of Annihilation, okay? I'm going to be telling them... I'm going to tell it to him like it's real. <laughs> That's a, a man of the day. people, everyone. It was real to me. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you my time in old Mombasa. Oh, I understand. Everyone who grew Every up on day, Halo. Visit the Void Monument. Their, everyone who grew up on Halo is in their mid to late 20s now. I mean, there's still, you know, a few like, you know, kids in the middle, middle school and early high school, like my, my younger brother included. He was 
insanely young when, you know, Halo, like he wasn't even born yet when Halo 1 came out. He was born around Halo 3. And, you know, just like maybe like a year ago, he went through, got the Master Chief Collection, started playing through all the games. And he's like, why haven't you tried to get me to play these earlier? And I have tried. He's <laughs> he's a Call of Duty, you know, fanboy. He won't play anything else. It has to be Call of Duty, Halo. Oh, it's too slow. Time to kill too long. Like your average he, Call of Duty yeah, broccoli top zoomer. Exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. No, 100%. And he won't like, I'm like, I mean, the multiplayer is fun and like the custom games are great, but like just fun. Get, Play the story, play it, Connor. Shut your mouth. Oh, I was I, I was always that kid. I was the weirdo. I if I got at home, midnight release, whatever. I'm playing the campaign, and then I that's burn my time. That's not weird at all. No, that's, that's not weird. That's normal. That's not normal. I think it's all four of don't us. Let, actually, don't let anyone tell you differently. Infinite that excluded is normal. because the multiplayer came out first. I've always done the. <laughs> that's a whole. We gotta be. Let's not. Let's not <laughs> go, go there. Down let's not, that's a rabbit hole. We're gonna. <laughs> remember we're, we were like, remember it came out. We were like. Oh, it's the beta. That's why the sandbox is small. There's going to be more in the wall. <laughs> the, the, the hole is opening, James. Call. James I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm when Infinite came out, I did a 16-hour straight stream. I skip, or I, I called in to work the next day, and I stayed up all night. When my wife was getting up for work, I was going to bed. I, 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 <laughs> but yeah, I wanted it at 1495. And mm-hmm. when the publisher said, hey, this is the deal, and I said, pump the brakes why and there's like well based on your sales volume expectations and whatever package that i purchased to publish with them is like this is the price break you know for a hardcover softcover so naturally i was very disappointed right because mm-hmm. what 14 year old 15 year old is going to buy a 23 dollar 33 dollar book right I would love nothing more than to eventually do an audiobook and if that means i have to record it myself by all means, I will do it. If that means getting a copy of this in the hands of somebody who might not be able to afford it, I will say the ebook is like $3, but that's not for everybody. I mean, if you need somebody to read the book, <laughs> I've, been told, your guy. I've been told I have a radio voice. You do happen to be talking to a media company. True. <laughs> that has not who just me, like but also like two other guys who have done audiobooks professionally. <laughs> and we will actually Ooh. communicate back to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. hey, hey, I did hear the part on episode 38, so feel free to skip over the typos when you're narrating. Oh, yeah. we w- <laughs> That's the, that's all part of the process, my friend. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was very curious about the price because it is more expensive than the actual like canon Halo novels. Right, on Amazon. Right. And that, was, that was the one that was one thing we harked on during the uh and that's I do want to part. clarify another big part of that because it's not just the the price that was shocking. It was that I think there was one review about this that there's no mention that this book is non-canon until you open it. So it requires that you purchase it first to know that it's not canon. And mm-hmm. one review in particular voiced their disappointment because they thought they were getting a canon novel that they missed out on. So was that something that you had wanted to include or was that something that Fulton Books was like, that's not what you do? Well, uh, I didn't really consider it at the time. I didn't know what information that they would be putting online. Of course, I gave my about the author. I gave my, you know, uh, synopsis of the book that would go up there that goes on the back of the book. But that is a valid point of criticism that I should have gone to greater lengths to say, hey, this is not canon. So when I had the discussions with my publishing agent, um, 
there was some back and forth about whether we could publish it. And, and by the end, it, we were getting to the very end. We were doing the final proofs, the final legal review, and everything was on the up and up. And then somebody pumped the brakes and said, hey, we can't do this. It's mm. like, well, at the very beginning of this whole process, I made it abundantly clear that this is technically fan fiction. I mean, the entire story is mine naturally, right? All, all that stuff that happened in the book, I came up with that. However, we say to Ham, MA5B, you know, Solomon 069, those belong to, you know, Microsoft 343, whatever. And so I made that abundantly clear. And so by the time we got to the last legal review, I said, you know, what is our solution to this problem? So that's where the blurb on the inside cover came in saying, you know, the story is mine, but, um, you know, the characters are not owned by me and, you know, whatever the rest of that legal language says. But that is definitely a valid point of criticism. And I will talk to Fulton Books about that to see if we can get that Amazon page and Google Play and Barnes and Noble's pages. Uh, get that updated, because if I was a Halo fan purchasing a book like that, you know, I'd probably be upset, too. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and that that was something that almost it was close to happening to to me as well, because I was I was looking for Halo novels because at the at the time I didn't have all of them because I was sacrilegious. And uh, as I was looking through all of them, because my my job had given me a nice little hundo gift card for Christmas. Uh, I was like, okay, well, go. clearly I won't use this on groceries. I'm going to use this on my books. And so <laughs> I went and I found as all, I found all the books that I didn't already own. And as I was searching through, I, f I saw defiance. I'm like, when did that drop? <laughs> I don't remember any three, four, three hype about this one. Um, and it took the digging to actually figure out what it really was. Didn't stop me from ordering the digital copy so I could find out because my morbid curiosity was <laughs> was there. But right, right. Uh, which I, I, you know, I bought it. I kept it. So, <laughs> um, but it was something that uh, that I think did catch a lot of folks off guard. Uh, and I <laughs> sort of a fun question related to what you what you mentioned with Fulton Books, which in the same vein of chicken and the egg, which came first, Fulton Books or Captain Fulton? <laughs> Captain Fulton. So it was just a, it was just unfortunate a coincidence. coincidence. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny. I have literally never put that together. Until you said that. <laughs> we were we, yeah, we had no, a little through Fulton. line. We we're like, oh, did Fulton Books make them name a character after? <laughs> so did we talk about so that a little on? behind the scenes. Yeah. I did have to do a little bit of fudge and right. So the AI's name is. <laughs> it's that, Alexander. Yes. Yeah, I know yeah. it's on the nose. I know, but um, or, or um, General Michael Grant. So Michael's a random name, but Grant is my wife's maiden name. Oh, okay. My wife's name is Melissa. So Governor Melissa Huxley. Just ah, a, just okay. a couple of little fun ones sprinkled in there. But yes, well, that's much nicer I, than naming it after the <laughs> weird publisher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, that's okay. I'm I'm happy that that's the clarification because I was worried for a bit that they were like just at gunpoint. Just you better name one of those characters after. A <laughs> I know it was. It was you know much of a favor we're the, doing. Uh, <laughs> the terms and conditions. Yeah, it was <laughs> the, the fine print. <laughs> well, uh, I really I really don't have uh, much else that I want to to poke and prod at you on because th this is a complicated situation and the the book itself like i said i'm still going through it i'm not stopping at any point i i'm not like one of those those types the the reviews that i've seen where they're just like oh this isn't canon i'm not reading it i'm like i'm still gonna give you a chance we gave we all gave fistful of arrows a chance so i'm gonna at least give defiance a chance um but on the on the topic of fistful of arrows i just kind of wanted to get one last one last bit of thought from you on where the future 
might go because one of the one of the things that ended up happening first of all do you know what fistful of arrows is so that was a fan creation about the what happened in june between reach and the spartan 4 program that was all fan made and then 343 canonized that right so that's that's the the common thing that's the common story the the full detail of it uh and you can find it on pedia it's just kind of in the fine print it's annoying but uh, the way the Fistful of Arrows went was 343 and Bungie were both huge fans of it. They they both loved it. But the problem is that 343 is sort of like an overprotective parent when it comes to Halo's, Halo's lore. No. Almost every <laughs> single time someone from the outside has tried to add to it, has tried to expand it themselves, that sort of thing. They're usually gentle about it. They're they're usually just, you know, this is great. We can't canonize it because we didn't come up with it. So apologies for that. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if if there's any concern at all that you might have that three, four, three will see that, you know, you're selling an on canon book. You're it's published not only on Amazon, but like Barnes and Noble. So it's like, it looks very, very legit. Uh, if you're not right. concerned about three, four, three at some point, or even worse, Microsoft, because Microsoft is the one that's really vindictive about some of this stuff about right. one of them pulling up and just being like, Hey, I noticed what you did. That sort of thing. So I actually had a conversation with my wife about this a little while ago and, you know, thinking about where 343 and Microsoft are right now, in my mind, they probably have much bigger fish to fry. I mean, we all know that what's been happening since late 2021 with the games and the flops and we won't even go down that rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. But so the way I kind of see this going is um, number one, they say, hey, we love it. We'd like to, you know. I, I, if they did like it, love it, want to keep it, I imagine they'd want to get the rights to it or tweak a bunch of stuff, which, you know, by all means is three, four, three. That's like best case scenario, right? Is they pick it up and they continue it in their own fashion. Mm -hmm. Um, I could also, you know, very, very likely that I'm going to receive a red letter in the mail any day now saying cease and desist or even worse, maybe they come after me legally, but in my mind, you know, to be completely candid, you know, this book has only made a little bit of money. And again, I don't care either way. I did not do this to get a million dollars and be the next JK Rowling or anything, <laughs> but I did it for me. And if it, if it, if it thrives, great. If three, four, three wants me to shut it down, I will absolutely respect that decision. It, it just seems like it's almost not worth their time. Like saying, Hey, cease and desist or we'll come at you. But other than that, you know, thanks for loving Halo. Don't do it again. (laughs) I'd imagine that'd be the worst of it. I think you'd get like a cease and desist before they like do anything overly drastic. And they do have bigger fish to fry and other things to worry about other than, you know, nitpick at you for the book. Yeah, I don't see a grand jury in your future. (laughs) I hope hope not, at least. That would cause, you know, a little bit of uproar. That's got to be kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And now, Who knows? <laughs> and, and now I won't be put on the I'm sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say I was gonna say I won't be put on the chopping block with an energy <laughs> sword. Hey, no no such thing as bad publicity. Now before we wrap, uh <laughs> <laughs> now before we wrap, uh we had some questions from the community that I mentioned before. So uh, and none of these had to be vetted. These are all great. Our community has been very open to hearing your story and hearing about this book. So uh, first and foremost, we have a question from Senior Slippy Boy <laughs> <laughs> that asks, why did you use the characters that you did? That's a great question. And when I was world building for this setting, you know, where, where I wanted to be, which planet, which fleets, which characters, which guns, 
I looked through the Spartan 2 roster and trying to pick a couple of characters that just didn't have a lot of story. And easy enough, uh, uh, you know, Halo Legends, you know, it just kind of came to my mind one day. I was watching the package and you got Solomon and Arthur right there. They seemed pretty badass. And then I went with Sheila because, you know, after I was reading about Arthur and Solomon, I realized that Sheila um, had just come from the planet and died on the planet Miradim right before the package. Mm -hmm. So that tied into that. And then again, as I was watching Halo Legends, then you have the babysitter with Cal. I knew on the team I wanted a sniper. I wanted a leader. I wanted somebody that was more CQC, more brash, more direct action. And that's where we get Sheila from. And it kind of just evolved from there. I knew I wanted uh, a team of Spartans because who doesn't love a team of Spartans? <laughs> and then I also wanted to include ODSTs because, you know, they are at the end of the day, they are special forces. They do to an extent, right. Keep up with the Spartans versus like a regular UNSC Marine or soldier. Uh, again, taking influence from silent storm, which is in my top five of all the halo books Good with, 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 <laughs> with, the, with the whole setting at the end where they're at the, uh, what's it called? The ring of mighty abundance, I mm-hmm. believe was what it called and how the ODSTs were hooking and jabbing with them the whole time. And I thought that was the coolest thing. So <laughs> a little bit of influence from there. Awesome. All right. Next up, I promise you there's a reason why this guy's name is the way it is. Lactating Batman asks, <laughs> now he's obviously a fan of halo legends. Which episode is his favorite? Halo legends. Which episode is my favorite? That is a tough one. <laughs> prototype was very interesting to me because we see a little bit of the lore behind was hunting and Yadrasil, if I'm saying that correctly. And again, I'll say it every day, the direct action, right? He gets into a Gundam suit and hoses (laughs) down an entire covenant army. Like what is cooler than that? I would say either that or the package for the sole fact that we get to see more Spartans than just blue team or a Spartan four fire team. And we see, what do we see? We see the bubble shield. We see Arthur, we see Sheila. Uh, we see a ship to ship boarding action. We see a hand to hand combat between Fred and uh, one of those elites, which I'm going to do a video on soon, but it's, it's got everything. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. I'm on, I'm with you with the, with the, um, what did you just say? You said the, Oh my gosh, it just slipped right out of my brain. The prototype. Yes. I'm on board with the prototype. It like, I was, it was in my brain. Then just disappeared. I'm on board with that. That's my number one. Uh, it will always be because man, why is he named ghost? The mech, the mech suit thing caught my attention. And uh, to answer your question, what could be better than one? Two mech suits. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. I looked up from my phone like, don't say it. I'm like, don't. No one had to, Shane. No, they didn't. No one had to say it. So, next question. I'm going to say the alphabet asks, why did you go to publishing and not post Defiance on a fan fiction site of some kind? And also, how many words long is Defiance? So it's a great question because it's a funny answer. I did try to just put it on a fanfic site first. I actually ended up putting it on Wattpad, not realizing that that's for like cringy teenage short stories. (laughs) (laughs) So once I got serious about publishing it, instead of just posting it on, you know, what was the Halo one, Halo Alpha or Halo fandom or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
honestly, the biggest reason is because what I said earlier is I like the tactile accomplishment, having it in my hands, my name's on the cover. I just thought it would be the coolest thing ever to be able to put that in my Halo book library and just to say that I did it. And to his second part of his question, my goal was about 100,000 words to just kind of make it a, a nice, well-rounded novel. It's about 400 pages, uh, typical of some of your other novels like Envoy or uh, Shadows of Reach are about 400, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And can you still find Defiance on Wattpad or is it is it currently only available on Amazon and uh, Barnes and Noble? So that was part of the uh, stipulations as I went through the publishing process is that if I did have the manuscript up where up on the Internet anywhere, including my personal website, that I would need to take that down because obviously that would go mm. against the sales of the book. Right. It'd be contradicting what I want out of publishing. So I did take that all down. OK. OK. That's that's fair enough. All right. So next up, Tom Cruise, parentheses, Liberty, he's been playing Helldivers, asks, how long did it take you to write the book? So this novel took me about a solid two years. I will say that I had a, a pretty big writer slump one summer and, you know, we're going out, we're playing softball, we're boating, we're visiting family. But I just kind of got into this writer's block where it's kind of like the imposter syndrome. I'm not good enough. It, it, the writing isn't the best or this isn't perfect. And I'm a perfectionist at heart. And at a certain point, I was like, you know what? You're already halfway through. You need to see this through. You have the vision. You have the desire. Just do it. Get the words on paper. Fix it later. So I took a hiatus for a month or two and I came back. It took me about two years. Oh, wow. That's intense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So we have one last question from uh, Flyboy Pfeiffer, servant of Torgo, parentheses. <clears throat> my question has... What a name. My question has two parts. Part one, I have heard you have a military background, question mark. If that's true, what branch were you in and what was your job? Alrighty. So, yes, uh, I was in the military. I was an 0102 adjutant. So you can tell I'm not making this up because nobody in their right mind would ever say, oh, yeah, man, I was an 01 in the Marines. <laughs> For those of you <laughs> who don't know, if you're going <laughs> to take a step back, right? Anybody who ever does like stolen valor or makes up like their military service, they're always a grunt. They're always special forces. They're always a sniper <laughs> or something, right? I will be the first one to tell you that I was not high speed. Yes, I was in an infantry battalion for most of my time in the service. However, I was an 0102 adjutant, so I was in the admin shop, so I was doing the legal, the wars, the promotion. I will say to all those people rolling their eyes and calling me a pogue, I will say, <laughs> you don't know what a pogue is, that's a person other than grunt. Uh, I have some pretty neat chess candy from my time with the Marine Corps Marksmanship Championship shooting team. I got a couple of gold medals, so I can shoot. Once a Marine, always a Marine, every Marine a rifleman, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> awesome. Part two, if you were indeed in the military, were there any parts of the book where you drew from your background to make interactions or situations or whatever feel more realistic within the story that other authors might not have been able to do? Basically, I want to know if you have the character sitting around for six hours to complete a training event that takes 10 minutes or something like that. So I definitely could have sprinkled more military isms in there. What I've noticed in a lot of the Halo novels in my number one gripe in all the Halo books as the Master Chief reloaded his clip and, you know, it's like, it's not a clip, it's a magazine. <laughs> every every book uh, yes. says clip and not We've magazine. We've pointed it out so many times, man. Wall. 
But, um, you know, there's there's a scene in the book where Arthur is charging down the street, taking out an elite. You know, he, he stops, he takes a knee, he inspects his chamber. You know, that's what anybody's going to do. It, you're not relying on your technology. You're, you're relying on your own two eyes. You need to make sure you're clearing any stoppages. When you, when you rack another round in the chamber, you're looking at the bolt, right? So all those little isms, I feel like a lot of the books might not pick up on. I definitely could have sprinkled more in there. I could have sprinkled some more military jargon in there, sure. But at the same time, I had to remember my audience. My audience is not a bunch of Marines and sailors and soldiers. It's 14-year-olds. It's the 30-year-old with a, a kid who needs to get back into Halo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. I, I tried to tone it down, trying to find a nice, nice in between. All right, that's fair enough. But off of that, I do want, I, I do get curious if, you know, if legal stuff isn't a thing that you have to worry about, if the company noticing you isn't something you have to worry, which I guess they would have by now because you sent them stuff. But um, if they aren't going to worry about it, would there be any actions that you'd want to take if the people's court is it gets up in arms if something bigger than us happens because all things considered we're not exactly the largest entity in the halo community if someone like (laughs) (laughs) let's say let's say for example maybe installation zero zero hit an xperia god forbid uh one of those youtubers hops on and you know how they are they can not installation he's pretty chill but hit an xperia maybe clickbait title clickbait content goes way overboard with how he's reacting to a non-canon novel being published for sale all of that have is there any thought that you've put in towards that sort of possibility that that sort of preparation a little so i've actually sent out a copy to installation he's on the discord and cammy is on the discord i sent him a copy as well cammy at one point wanted to do vo for it but uh him and his wife you know they're inundated with content creation themselves they just moved into a new home so you know life right and i Mm -hmm. totally get it same boat so um, Cammy had nothing but uh, good things. Like you said, installation is usually pretty chill. Oh yeah. And you know, I just try to foster that positive community. Um, and that's all. If, if somebody, you know, content wise wants to come after me, maybe I'll just, uh, fade back into the dark and keep playing MCC and act like it didn't happen. I guess. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all fair. you really can do. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Cause, Cause that's, that is the ultimate, even bottom line. It's the bottom line danger of putting yourself out there. Or have a conversation with them like you are with us, you know, kind of like just justify what you're doing. I'll but say it again. No such thing as bad exactly. publicity. <laughs> but, you know, you heard, you heard our episode talking about the novel, you know, and you were like, wow, okay, well, I want to, you know, have a, you know, genuine and, you know, decent conversation with these guys. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine like it'd be anything different than what we're currently doing. You know what I mean? Just picking your brain, you know, talking about some of the decisions, feedback, all that good stuff. And you know, honestly, like even if you got like some type of cease and desist from, you know, three, four, three, God forbid, Microsoft, you know, you get that publicity under your name and you go and, you know, you want to continue writing, you write something else and, you know, you have that publicity and you have an even larger audience. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to cross my fingers and uh, all, all press is good press. And exactly. And <laughs> I think you'll be fingers. okay. Man. And, and honestly, I'm going to, I'm going to put it this way because this was something that I, that I've been thinking about for quite a bit. I, still very much and i i've now said this four times publicly i very much appreciate the effort that you put in to even make something like this happen i would be utterly terrified and not interested whatsoever even though i very much i got a great idea but man i will not execute um the fact that you made it is over it's it's incredibly impressive we respect the hell out of it and off of that I'm interested. Yeah, I, ain't writ- I ain't written no book. <laughs> I don't intend on writing well, a book. I appreciate it. But I do want to write a book. But, but here's the thing. Off of that, I'm excited to see what you do next. 
I want to see what sort of content you add to the Halo community. If that's the community you want to stick with, if, if another book is in the future, but different circumstances, different story, whatever it is you want to do. I mean, I'll still pick it up probably. So, uh, I, I won't, I won't say that I endorse the, the purchasing of defiance. I will say that much, but I will say, that's fair. I will say that I appreciate the effort and I very much want to see what you do next. If that makes sense. (laughs) Hey, that's all I can ask for, guys, and I appreciate it. And I and I appreciate you uh, having me on the show to to set the record straight and to just talk a little Halo. Of course, yeah, absolutely. of course, anytime. And and hey, audience, folks, we're coming to the end of the other episodes. This is kind of an outro, but not really. Like you know, just prepare yourselves. This show's going to end soon. Uh, <laughs> uh, this guy that's on the show right now is in the Jumperscape Discord. So if you haven't joined yet and you want to chat with him, join his Discord or join ours. It doesn't really matter. He's in both. Uh, although his his is pretty neat. So, I mean, if you want to get live update updates on his content, I mean, he's got like, <laughs> yeah. How many dotes. notifications do you have set up on that channel? You have like four. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm still very <laughs> new to the content creation, you know, figuring out TikTok, figuring out YouTube and the subtle differences. And now, you know, being my own mod and setting up the server for like a true community experience, I'm learning as I go. Oh, so yeah. if those notifications are super annoying, you know, I see it from the admin side. I don't see it from like the end user oh, side. Oh, it's not so annoying. Just kinda... <laughs> Anybody who finds it annoying doesn't know how to just clear notifications. <laughs> they have no idea. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think it's annoying. You have a fair amount of notifications. That was just a fun little thing of being like, hey, if you want to see what he's doing, that's a good place to do it because you'll make sure you see it. <laughs> and, I, and again, I love promoting the community. So I have updates for you guys. I have updates for the Halo channel. I have updates when Cammy posts a new video. When I'm posting yeah. new videos, like the lore is out there. If you want it, it's there for you. Exactly. So if you're if you're out there, if you're just a, you know, how about a 30-year-old father that has disconnected from the Halo franchise? I'm talking to you, Toby. I, I'm still trying to call out names I'm, I haven't called before. I don't think we know a Toby. I don't think <laughs> we have I one. think that's the point. That's the whole point. I know. Yeah. Just, some ran- <laughs> though, just imagine, like, someone named Toby, like, just so happens to listen to our podcast well, for the first time, and he hears that. <laughs> they're probably really relieved hearing this There has been a couple <laughs> times where we've called out a random name, and that person did join the Discord because yeah, we said their name. So yeah, Toby, you with you know the two kids, you should uh, you should hop over. Because- you made it more specific. <laughs> you doubled down. <laughs> I'll throw a parlay on that one. <laughs> but yeah, um, Mr. Furman, Phoenix Affliction, appreciate you for coming on. Uh, you've been a fantastic guest. I I very much uh, enjoyed this conversation. I'm happy that we got to to help clear the air a little bit because I think the mystery of defiance was a big thing for a lot of people. So I'm hoping that this does a good job of clearing up some of that. Yeah. And again, thank you guys for having me on. I did not expect to be on a podcast like this. I didn't expect for, for people to cover my book <laughs> like this. Life so, strange, you know, I'm man. totally taken, totally taken aback. You know, I, I'm just a humble dude from Michigan that is just nose to the grindstone and happened to do something. So uh, this is, this is cool. It's totally different for me. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, uh, I hope to see you around the discord. Uh, I hope to still get to chat with you every now and then and maybe even talk shop because you need <laughs> you need somebody to read that book. I hope no one on our yes. Discord snitches on you again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and uh, I'm definitely going to check out the book club. Love that. Sweet. So, dude, we're going to be reading Epitaph this week. You you got to join us if you're getting it. 
tomorrow the audiobook drops and yes. I will be listening. Yes. Okay, sweet. All right. Well, everybody else, thank you so much for listening. Again, you can support us on patreon.com forward slash jumperscape. Lots of benefits for you in there. If you don't want to just support us, you can go and join the community as well. Discord.gg forward slash jumperscape. All sorts of stuff going on in there, including this conversation, but extended because we chat. So <laughs> if you're interested in that, you can do all of that stuff. Otherwise, we thank you so much for listening. Alexander Furman, thank you one more time for joining us. And everyone out there, we'll see you all next uh, t- it's Thursday, actually, because we're doing the, the two-parter this time. Woo-hoo. So yep. we'll see you on Thursday. <laughs> yep. See you later, alligator. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> <laughs>